Welcome to the Financial Flossing Podcast with Ross Brannan, guiding dental professionals to a brighter future. Ross Brannan is a financial advisor who knows it's not just about your teeth. He helps dental practice owners protect and maximize today's cash flow to plan for tomorrow's cash needs. Find him at rossbrannan.com. On the show, he brings together experts to help dental professionals looking to make smart money decisions to grow their income, turn their retirement goals into reality, and improve their lives. And now, here's your host, Ross Brannan. Welcome to the show. My guest today is Ben Dangle. Ben is a practice profitability advisor as well as the owner and founder of Dental Profit Advisors. And his aim is to help dentists build wealth inside their practice by finding lost gold mines. Ben, welcome to the show. Yes, thank you. Thanks for being here. So, yes, thanks for having me. So let's just jump in. How did you end up in the dental space, the dental niche? Yeah, so kind of how I got into it is uh, my best friend from college, his dad was a dentist and he kind of had a unique story. He was in a rural community and he found out that one of his partners was embezzling in a different business outside of his dental practice. So he basically had to, basically what ended up happening was he was in debt to the IRS, about a million bucks in penalties and interest on top of what he had to owe. So he was basically wiped out from a cash perspective and he was able to regenerate that within three years. And he's just sold this practice probably about two years ago, two or three years ago. Wow. Mm -hmm. So tell our listeners, you know, this is a podcast to dentists. Tell our our listeners what you and dental profit advisors do. Yeah. So I help increase profits in, in the practice. Basically, I look at how, what the gold mines inside the practice are. And how do we get that to where you want to be in terms of goals and, and how much money you want to make at the end of the year? So let's talk about gold mines. That sounds like fun. What, what are these gold mines? The biggest gold mine in the practice is your existing patients that have not been in the practice for their next appointment. Okay. So, so is that like I get a cleaning every six months? Does that mean me between my six month cleanings, or does this mean if I skip my cleaning and I'm kind of past due, if you will? Yeah, those it's more past due patients. So I'll give you an example. So my wife, the dentist that we went to, hasn't been in the office for probably about a year, and they haven't contacted her once to come in to for a cleaning. Okay. So those type of patients are if you're looking to generate more appointments, that's where I would start is reaching out to those patients that haven't had their next appointment. Okay. Interesting. So, so talk about some of the challenges that you see that dentists have and how you help them and, and what some of those results are. Yeah. So I help them with dental analytics. So I look at, at KPIs and, and basically I help them to increase those and how to improve them um, on a level. So basically those KPIs, I'm able to help them get to where they want to be at the end of the year. So we talked a little bit offline about, uh, you know, reimbursement rates. Uh, so talk a little about the ratios that you see are important, uh, typically where they're at, where they should be, and, and what you're able to do for them. Yeah. So I look at their accounts receivable, their collections, um, and I look at their reappointment percentages on, on the hygiene side. So those are kind of the three that I look at 
at the beginning. And then from there, I kind of look at other ones to see kind of where they're um, leading money in the, in the practice. So we talked a little bit before about those collection rates. What's the typical with the industry average? What I've seen when I when a dentist um, comes to me is under 90%. Typically, I'd like to see it at around 90, 98 to 99% of collections to net production. And how hard is it to get from someone from 90, upper 80s, 90% to the upper 90s? It's not really that difficult. It's just having it's just having systems in place to kind of manage that. Um, having a, a person that solely is owns that piece of the practice. So having somebody do the insurance rate, do the insurance and do the collections, and having one and having that person um, tied to that specific task. And that's the low-hanging fruit in a dental practice, basically. So if you have $3 million of gross collections, I mean, 8 9% is over $250,000 a year. Right. Even if you increase it 1%, I mean, you're still looking, you know, a pretty good percentage too. Yeah, that's definitely, that's, that's really interesting. So what would you say, so that, that's kind of the low-hanging fruit. What would be the next phase or the next area that is really an area of concern for dentists where there could be improvement made? You know, I also kind of look at their overhead. You know, the typical doc, um, this is according to the ADA, is over 70% of overhead. So I kind of look at kind of where they're spending their money to, you know, what they're doing for supplies, what they're doing for their merchant services, you know, and looking at um, what they're, you know, doing for their staff and how are they, you know, managing that piece of the, uh, of the practice. Okay. So what are the, some of the key differences you've seen that from practices that are struggling to practices that are succeeding? Yeah. What I've seen is they have systems in place in their practice from the time that a patient walks into the practice to the time that they leave. Um, the other one is, is the doc is, is a pretty good leader inside the practice and they have a, and he has a culture and a vision of what he wants in the practice. That's kind of where I see you know, the good ones succeed. Well, they say everything rises and falls on leadership. Right. And of course, systems are big. It's a recurring thing when I talk to people that systems are a really, really big deal. So when you're working with dentists, what is the typical fruit of your labor, if you will? What, what kind of results do you give typically for dentists? Yeah. So, you know, if you're an established doctor, you know, I can, you know, I can show them how they can get at least 25 um, K inside their practice within 90 days. And we can so $25,000 of excess of additional collections within 90 days. Right. So I don't know what your fees are, but that sounds like that's probably a pretty good rate uh, return on investment. So go on. Yeah. So we look at, I look at a couple of things I do in analysis on the practice. And from there I can, and from there I give you a, a blueprint on what areas to kind of attack um, to get that 25K. So after the first 90 days, let's kind of go the next nine months, the first 12 months. So month four through 12, what kind of results do you typically see? It really depends on the doctor and, and what they implement. But, you know, for me, you know, you can do at least another 25 to 30K easily. It's just implementing systems and making sure you kind of have a financial pulse on your practice. So another 50K of, of, of gross revenue or, or collections, I don't see why anyone would not like that. Uh, right. that that's pretty exciting. And so like, um, kind of give me some, 
not normal, but definitely actually happened um, results on someone on the high end? What's the most you've ever seen someone get? I've benefit? seen um, working with other ones w- before I was working here of, of increases of over 100. Well, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. That's really, really exciting. So what do you think causes these challenges that um, people need help with? I'm sure you have lots of thoughts on that. Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with their dental training, like in in school, because they're really not trained to do the business side of dentistry. And it's really not their fault. They go to school to be a great dentist, right? But they don't really get that experience on how to manage a practice, how to manage people, how to be a good leader in the practice, you know, those type of things. If you're going to, you know, if you're a, if you're an owner and you have your own practice, it's kind of, you're, you're basically, you're basically kind of doing it on your own and you're looking, you're trying to find different, you know, different avenues to, to help you. Oh, that's a good point. I've seen that a lot where, uh, you know, you're not getting business training in, in dental school. And I, I've talked to a lot of dentists who they don't really enjoy it anymore because they don't like managing people. And that's that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Um, but that kind of falls almost a little bit in the working in versus on your practice. Uh, in my experience, I've seen a lot of people who, uh, a lot of dentists who are very successful, but it's really just a, it's a, it's a glorified job. Nothing wrong with that. Um, but then I've seen people who what I would call business owners who happen to be dentists and they have a substantially higher income. Do you see the challenge of working in versus on the business for a lot of dentists a lot? I do. Yeah. The ones that I've come across is they just want to do dentistry. That's kind of all they want to do. And they don't really want to do the business side of it, you know, and it's fine if you want to do that, you may want to just you know go to a DSO or, you know, go to a corporate, go to a corporate dental office to, to just kind of be a W2 employee. Right. But, you know, so building wealth and from a tax perspective and also, you know, from a wealth perspective and a tax perspective, you know, having an old, your own practice will get you the better, will grow your wealth more than just being an employee. Yeah, there definitely is a lot of opportunity if you own, if you own your own practice versus just being an associate somewhere. So in your experience, obviously, dentists need a lot of advisors. Uh, they need someone like me who's, an advi- who's a financial advisor to help them with certain things. They need someone like you who can make sure that they're uh, capturing as much revenue as possible. But in your opinion, who else would a dentist need on their team? They need a good proactive tax advisor. I mean, they also need a coach to help them with their team. I don't particularly do that. I know people, I know coaches that do, but having a coach to kind of help manage the team and help the team be accountable with different metrics inside the practice. I think that's one of the ones that you kind of need. That's just my experience because your employees are your biggest expense in the practice. And a lot of dentists do not invest in your, in their team. Yeah. It's important that you take care of your people. And uh, when you're building a business like that, what are some of the traps you see dentists falling for? They like their big equipment but they don't ever use it. Um, uh, they, they had sold it. They had come Q4. Some guy comes in, says, hey, buy this $100,000 piece of equipment. You'll get a tax deduction, to which I always respond. Does it ever make sense to spend a dollar to save 35? Exactly. Is there an ROI on that equipment? So so tell me, tell me a story about the equipment. You know, I worked for CPA firms. And the majority of the ones that I've worked for is the tax plan is in November, December, and they either tell the dentist, 
hey, you need to buy equipment to get your, your net income to this to pay tax on X. Or they need to basically put money into a 401k or a simple or a, or a SEP to limit their tax liability. You know, those type of things are, I think, make it be a trap in the practice and your and in the docket themselves. I typically say, if you don't need the equipment, don't buy it. If you don't have a plan for it, don't buy it. If you don't have a plan to get an ROI on the equipment, don't buy it. You know, the, your assets that you buy should be should have an ROI um, within your practice. Absolutely. So you you said something a few minutes ago, which I I thought was interesting because I don't hear this a lot. You talked about a proactive tax advisor. And so I've got a lot of opinions on tax CPAs. There's a lot of them out there. Some of them are really good and we'll just leave it there. So uh, talk to me about this proactive tax advisor you're talking about here. Yeah. So basically they come to you with how they can save money on your taxes. So are they coming at you, say in the middle of the year or around September here right now, because September is coming up. That's probably a good time to kind of look at it, to kind of see where you're at, how you can limit your tax bill, because a lot of the things that you can do is you have time to do them by the end of the year. So, but if you wait till November, December, you can't really do those at all. Now, when you talk about the proactive tax advisor, because like just a second ago, we were talking about the CPA who just says, go buy some equipment, put some money in a SEP or a... uh, the profit sharing portion of the 401k, you can tax defer that, get your income down. What you're talking about is something different, someone who's more proactive and um, not reactionary, if you will. Is, is that correct? Or not a history reporter, as I like to say. Right. So that, that's exciting because because there's a lot of value in my, in my opinion, in my experience with tax advisors who are proactive to help you reduce your tax bill and not just going to buy equipment to get a deduction, if you will. Exactly. So tell me this, if you had to give a dental school graduate a piece of advice, what would you say? I would say if they are looking to buy a practice, try to get as much business knowledge as you can, whether that is you working for a DSO for a couple of years to kind of look at what their systems are and how they generate money and how they get patients. That is probably the biggest advice as is what I can give you. Also, you know, look at the tax as well, because if you know a little bit about taxes, you kind of know kind of what you can deduct, what you can't deduct, what and how you can go throughout the year to get tax deductions that you may not know that, you know, other people might get. So don't be afraid to think outside the box and find someone who's really good for you in taxes. Give me your predictions on the dental market with DSOs. I've heard predictions as bold as 80% of private practices will be gone within five years. I think that's a little overly zealous. Tell me what you see out there with DSOs besides the fact they're buying everything up. I think it kind of depends where you where you live. I think if you're in, in rural communities, I don't think you're going to see a lot of DSOs enter those type of markets. But if you're more in, in urban areas, I think you're going to see a lot of traction on the DSO front. You can compete with them. I've seen it happen. I know people that a DSO entered their their location right near them, and they didn't have any any loss in in production at all. Well, if you're looking to sell your practice, a DSO is going to base their multiple 
off of EBITDA, which is earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, amortization. Yep. But what's one way to increase your EBITDA? Would it not be to increase your collection rates? It would. Yeah. And do you also- know a guy? Do you know a guy who can help people increase their collection rates? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Dental Profit Advisors can do so. So last two questions for you here. I'm a big I'm a big reader. Have you read any good books lately? I am starting one. It's by Den Kennedy and Chip Hessler. It's Doctor with Dr. Brinkley. So it it was a book that was way Dr. Brinkley was way back in the 1920s and he was a phenomenal marketer. So if you go online and if you go onto Amazon and, and click Dan Kennedy. There will be a 21 principles of, I can't remember the title of it off the top of my head. Dan Kennedy's fantastic. He's a great marketing guy. He's probably my favorite in terms of marketing. He's probably, in my opinion, the best guy in marketing because a lot of marketers right now came from Dan Kennedy, if you do the research on it. Yeah. All right. So if listeners want to connect with you, how, how how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, they can email me directly at ben at dentalprofitadvisors.com. And I'd be happy to answer any questions that they have or whatever questions if they want to do kind of a practice analysis, they kind of see where they're at and see if they if I can help them anyway. And we could go from there. Fantastic. Well, Ben, I appreciate your time today. It's been really fascinating talking to you. Thanks again for coming on. Yes, thank you for having me. Sure thing. And You've been listening to the Financial Flossing Podcast with Ross Brand, and we'll see you next time. This has been another episode of Financial Flossing with Ross Brannon, guiding dental professionals to a brighter future. If you liked what you heard, consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. For more on Ross Brannon, visit rossbrannon.com. Registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, OSJ, 3664 Coolidge Court, Tallahassee, Florida, 32311, 850-562-9075. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. North Florida Financial is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. California Insurance License Number 0L10073. Arkansas Insurance License Number 161390032. 2021-1195-35. Expriers 423. That last part can also say 2021 119535 expiration April 2023. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PAS, Guardian, or North Florida Financial, and opinions stated are their own. Ross is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, OSJ, 3664, Coolidge Court, Tallahassee, Florida, 32311, 850 562 9075. 
Securities, products, and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRA-SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. North Florida Financial is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. Arkansas Insurance License number 16139032. California Insurance License number 0L100732021127643. Expiration 1023. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.